Welcome to Healthcare Hot Button Issues. I'm Harry Liu. In today's episode, we will compare and contrast two employer-based healthcare delivery systems and discuss why one has spectacular run for the last three decades, but the other failed in just three years. I remember back in 2016, I attended a conference in Orlando, Florida. The conference was about on-site or near-site clinics. Rosen Hotels and Resorts gave a presentation about its healthcare delivery model called Rosen Care, and I was very much impressed by its results. Then I did a bit of search, but didn't find any formal peer-reviewed studies to examine their accomplishments. And I did search again last week, and still none has been published yet. Today, Rosen Care is still going strong. Its annual healthcare cost per cover life. It's about fifty-five hundred, according to Kaiser Family Foundation. The national average is seventy-seven hundred. In other words, Rosen Care's cost is nearly thirty percent lower than the national average, and yet their members have minimal cost sharing. They have a copay of five dollars for primary care visits, and twenty dollars for specialist visits. No deductibles, no coinsurance. No copays for ninety percent of the medications, and a maximum out-of-pocket cost of seven hundred fifty dollars a month. I think something incredible must be behind the huge success of the model. In stark contrast, in January twenty eighteen, three mega corporations, Amazon, the online retailer Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett's company, and J P Morgan, the big bank, they put together a joint venture. Aiming to disrupt the healthcare industry, it was given a nice name. I have to say, Heaven Healthcare. On the day they announced the venture, the stocks of major health insurance companies lost billions of dollars in their market value. It seems there was some sort of fear throughout the healthcare industry. I think it's mostly because they have deep pockets and technological superiority. But exactly three years later, January twenty twenty one. Haven't put out a statement saying that they had explored a wide range of healthcare solutions, as well as piloted new ways to make primary care easier to access, insurance benefits simpler to understand, and prescription drugs more affordable, and so forth. And they were shut down in a month. Something about something must have gone terribly wrong with Haven. When Haven was formed. As a non-profit, by the way, it had a lofty mission: the aim to create simpler, high-quality healthcare at lower cost for the industry. It was taxed experiment with new ways to deliver healthcare to the combined 1.2 million employees of the three gigantic parent companies, to lower cost of care and to improve patient experience. From its parent company's perspective, it makes total sense for them to launch this initiative. Just think about it. Let's assume that 50% of their employees have children under 18 years old, so these families would need family coverage, which is about $22,000. And if we assume $7,700 for single coverage, so the total health insurance premium for these three companies would amount to nearly $18 billion a year. This is equivalent to a sizable company. Even if their healthcare costs decrease by ten percent, just say the three companies will save one point eight billion dollars per year. 
that is a lot of money. Six months after heaven was established, Atal Gawande, a famous surgeon, author, and professor at Harvard Medical School, was hired as the CEO. For some reason, though, he cut his position at Harvard. Many other industry veterans joined Heaven soon after. If my memory serves me right, one of the top executives came from United Healthcare, who filed a lawsuit to prevent his leaving for Heaven Healthcare. For some reason, Heaven operated mostly in a stealth mode. The expectation was that Heaven would be able to leverage Amazon's technology, for example, the machine learning. Artificial intelligence and Alexa's healthcare function、uh, to advance telehealth, for example, Amazon Pharmacy or PillPack they acquired several years ago. The on-site clinics already established by Amazon and J.P. Morgan will enable Heaven to become a healthcare provider. The only thing we know from public sources is that it established a health insurance plan in 2019. They wanted to test among Amazon and J.P. Morgan employees things like wellness incentives. Free preventive care, zero deductibles, and making cost-sharing information available before receiving care. Actually, having partnered with Cigna and Aetna, which is part of CVS now, to pilot test this initiative, there wasn't much information available in the public domain prior to its dissolution. Now let's go back to Rosen Care. It's quite a story too. Harris Rosen. He founded Rosen Hotels and Resorts in Orlando, Florida, in 1970s. Thirty years ago, in 1991, his insurer told him that Rosen Hotels' health insurance premium would go up next year. He said, "But our healthcare costs actually decreased 20% this year." The insurer said, "Oh, that doesn't matter because Rosen Hotel is categorized in a group with other similar employers." So he was furious, and he decided to take charge of his employees' healthcare, and they became self-insured. He converted his accounting office building into a primary care clinic. He purchased second-hand medical equipment, and he hired a physician, a nurse assistant, and an administrative assistant for the clinic. He then negotiated with specialists and hospitals for favorable rates. In the following year, his company's healthcare costs decreased by fifty percent. That was a remarkable achievement by any measure. In the last thirty years, Rosencare has been able to spend like thirty percent to fifty percent less on healthcare than the national average. According to the company, it has generated an accumulative savings of four hundred fifty million dollars. Of course, I um I couldn't find any formal published studies to verify this amount of savings. Despite lower cost, its employees have minimal cost sharing. Same-day appointments, free transportation to and from the clinic. These are not like hotel vans, right? They are Cadillac Escalades owned by the hotel. Employees are also paid for the time when receiving medical care. You might think, well, maybe health outcomes are compromised because they need to cut cost. On the contrary, the quality of care is far above the national or regional average. For example. Over 50% of the pregnancies among these employees are of high risk, but its premature delivery rate is 7%, compared to 10.5% in Orlando area. The medication adherence rate is also very high, like 96% among diabetic patients, and 92% among those with cardiovascular conditions. All these are way above the national averages. Now here's the million-dollar question: Why has Rosencare succeeded? 
while having healthcare failed. In my opinion, there are two preconditions for a new business model to succeed. For one, it has to be different from business as usual. Right, you are creating something new. And then second, it must be efficient to generate economic benefits. You have to survive, you have to compete. Let's look at these two dimensions and then we'll dive into several other things. First, how are they different from industry norms? In traditional terms, Rosencare is essentially a health maintenance organization or HMO. The premiums are collected to cover the health care needed. That is, it is an insurance plan. And plan members have to seek care within its network of providers. No coverage or payments are allowed outside of the network. But, there's always a but, right? Rosencare is more than a traditional HMO because it owns the primary care facility and the beneficiaries are also the employees of the owner. So these two characteristics are critical because they affect how financial incentives work and how the management behaves. A typical HMO is incentivized to save costs. It also wants to maintain the quality of care, but only to the extent that is required by market competition. The reason is that they have to compete for plan members. Of course, it has to satisfy the level of quality stipulated in regulations. For Rosen hotels and resorts, is different. On the one hand, the care is offered to assure employee well-being. It needs to recruit and retain talents, of course. So it has incentives to promote employee health to ensure a productive workforce. On the other hand, Rosen Care has incentives to control costs because it's certainly one of the biggest items, expense items that affect the company's bottom line. This is how Rosencare is different from business as usual. In comparison, very few, if any, disruptive innovations were proposed by Heaven, despite expectations from the industry. The features of their pilot test, including wellness incentives, zero deductibles and information on cost sharing prior to receiving care, all these, all these have been tried, tested and adopted except for zero deductibles by many if not most private insurers, so there was really not much new there. One thing I don't understand quite well is why Heaven partnered with Cigna and CVS Aetna to pilot test the initiative. You're supposed to disrupt the industry, right? To do something different, innovative, disruptive. It is not that these insurers are bad, but the way Heaven conducted business did not seem to me different from business as usual. We don't know if they consider an HMO or even something similar to Rosencare. And in second, how efficient are they compared to industry norms? Healthcare definitely is not cheap. Rosen Hotels and Resorts was very much motivated to reduce healthcare costs in order to survive in the hospitality industry. It is a life or death issue for them. To reduce expenses, even today, it buys second-hand medical equipment. It has a tiny network of providers so that it can gain an upper hand in the rate negotiations. Its cost is about 30 to 50% lower than the national average. Heaven, on the other hand, was established as a non-profit. The motivation was probably less strong than that of Rosen Hotels. Some observers thought that was a mistake. because Non-profits are typically slow in action. They are not very disruptive. It is a bit ironic that Amazon itself, for profit of course, it is innovating and disrupting via its subsidiaries, Amazon Care and Amazon Pharmacy.
Compared to business as usual, I would not expect big savings from Heaven because, again, they were not doing things different from the existing delivery system. Other than the two dimensions we just talked about, being different and being efficient, there's something that makes Rosencare different from the industry. Something about how they treat employees. On the one hand, no employees are allowed to smoke both at or off work, and the policy is enforced using random drug testing. Anyone who smokes will be let go. On the other hand, they customize services and products according to employees' needs. For instance, they are one of the early adopters of medical marijuana because they saw the medical benefits there. And they also offer vitamins and nutritional supplements that are generally not covered by typical health plans. To avoid emergency room visits, they sign contracts with specialists who would provide urgent care to employees. If telehealth doesn't solve the problem, a physician or a nurse will visit an employee's home. They even pay for medical travel for employees and their families to obtain quality care. For example, they fly a two-year-old to do bone marrow transplant in Boston Children's Hospital. They also support travel to Mayo Clinic and other centers of excellence for necessary care. We rarely see all these things in the healthcare industry. So combining all these things today, it seems to me that Mr. Rosen treats employees as his own people. These employees have led to his business success and will continue to propel its growth for years to come. Maybe this is the thing behind the success of Rosen Care that we won't be able to find in our healthcare system. We don't have information about how Heaven treated its employees or those of its parent companies. Given the fast staff turnover at Heaven, something was going on. There are other explanations for Heaven's failure because, to be fair, Heaven had an unwieldy task at hand because of the diversity of employees of its parent companies who are scattered throughout the country. It's just much harder to, to manage. It must be hard to prioritize to get their hands on a specific problem also. There were also internal conflicts that Heaven had to grapple with. For instance, Amazon had already set up its own Amazon Care, Amazon Pharmacy, and on-site clinics at locations with a large number of employees. Berkshire Hathaway has so many different companies, each with its own benefit structure and management team. Some argue that Heaven didn't have the right CEO. Dr. Gawandi, though respected by many in the industry, didn't have any experience running the company. Also, it seems he was working part-time in Heaven. I personally would never hire a part-time person for such an important position because that's essentially setting somebody up for failure. Rosen Hotels and Resorts didn't have all these problems when they started creating the model in 1991. Of course, their team was new to healthcare and had to start from scratch, but they were motivated and determined to solve the problem. Okay, here are the takeaways. In summary, Rosencare has achieved the triple aim of healthcare that most delivery models have not. Better care, better health, and lower cost. Despite their simplicity, or I would say deceptively simple, being different, being efficient, treating people well, are the key drivers behind a huge success of Rosencare. Needless to say, these drivers are not easy to come by, but they are urgently needed in our healthcare system. With all that being said, many questions remain unanswered. If the Rosencare model is so effective, why has it not been widely adopted? Is it because it cannot be replicated by other companies? Is it because employers are concerned about 
the models effects on talent recruitment and retention? Are there alternative models that could potentially generate similar savings? What will be the implications for the private healthcare market? All these questions are important. They will be explored in our future episodes. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Please let us know the topics of your interest. I will see you next time.